Life hurts. Current event chaos is raging outside and our hearts are in turmoil inside. When life is one trial after another, where do we go for encouragement and truth? Hi, I'm Yvonne Pran and welcome to Bible 805, where you learn to know, trust, and apply the Bible. Our topic for today is seven truths about trials and why we need the Bible to help us through them. So let's get started. The world has always gone through trials and troubles. Let's start by putting some things into perspective. Life in Jesus' time was no different. People were living under a foreign oppressor, a government they hated. Life was hard, food often scarce, disease and death frequent. Many religions competed for followers. Jesus came along and offered hope and healing. People responded in different ways. Some welcomed him, some challenged, argued, and in one heated exchange he said, You are in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. I think that sums up our problem today just as it did for them. They had God's word just like we do. There's a Bible in almost every home and on many phones today. But how many of us take the time to know what it says? And not knowing it, we like them are in error. And not knowing it, we can't expect to experience God's love and encouragement. We can't or won't see God act in our lives and world. So what should we do? Not to make light of a challenging situation then and now, but as the saying goes, when all else fails, read the directions. God, our Creator, gave us the Bible to help in times like these and always. Obviously, if our error is not knowing God's Word, we need to get to know it. We need to read it, study it, and apply it. Here is one lesson that will help us do that. And the lesson today is seven truths about trials. Many people are disappointed with God today. They assume that believing in God, especially if they're trying hard to live for Him, means they won't have difficult times and trials. Or if they do, they feel God owes it to them to get them out of it quickly, now. But our number one truth about trials tells us that God is at work in the midst of trials. Let me read you some verses that will show this to you that God doesn't just work for us to get us out of things. He's there with us in the trials. Psalm 50:15 says, "Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me." Isaiah 43:2 says, "When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. It will not set you ablaze." Psalm 46:1 says, "God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble." These verses encourage us because one of the biggest dangers in hard times is that we tell ourselves we'll feel better or do better or something when whatever crisis we are in is over or when the people in our lives behave better or whatever our when is. But when isn't coming anytime soon. And God never says He is only with us when a trial is over. God is in it with us when the trial is going on. 
Also, we need to remember, constant trials and challenges are nothing new. Jesus told us this would happen. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. He never said, in the world, things are always going to go great and wonderful and life will be easy. No, again, he said, in the world, you will have tribulation. The message translations puts it in the context of the verse in this way, where it says, where Jesus is speaking and he says, I've told you all this. So that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. We're promised trials. The question is, how do we learn to trust Jesus in them? How do we get the promised peace? Psalm 119, 165 tells us, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. First, we love God's word. That's how we get to know and trust Jesus. Then, we will experience peace. Peace is not some exterior thing that will work its way into our hearts. We must get our peace from having God's word in our hearts. That's how it works. Sometimes people pray for peace, but then they don't do anything to get to know God through the Bible, and they expect sort of this little, like fairy dust sprinkling of peace to descend on them. That is not how it works. We get to know and trust God from his word. And trusting him, a peace will grow inside us that will then permeate our lives. It's like being in the eye of a hurricane. All can be swirling around us and we can be calm. An important clarification here on getting to know God's word. To know God in the way that will enable us to trust Him and have His peace in our lives does not come just from reading scattered verses here and there and naming and claiming them or sometimes taking them out of context. Now God is gracious and He reaches out to us no matter how feeble our attempts are to get to know Him. But the best way to truly know Him is to become familiar with the entire book the entire Bible, and that's what the Ministry of Bible 805 wants to help you do. I cannot recommend enough reading through the Bible each year in chronological historical order. And Bible 805 has lots of resources to help you do that. Our second truth about trials is that trials help us grow spiritually. We often grow the most when times are the most difficult, if we have the correct perspective. Psalm 119, 67 and 68 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. In Psalm 119, 71 and 72, in, the, in today's Living Bible, it says, The punishment you gave me was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me to pay attention to your laws. They are more valuable to me than millions in silver and gold. Like exercise develops our physical bodies, hard times grow our spiritual selves. 
In James 1, 3, and 4, it says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. We can grow in many ways from trials, as this verse tells us. And here are some of them. Let me break them down a little bit more for you. First of all, when you're in a trial, always ask, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Were you unaware of or perhaps ignored a sin that God wants you to change? A really good prayer at these times and really very frequently in our lives comes from Psalm 139, 23 and 24 where it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God's Word helps us know what doesn't please Him. We won't get that from our world. We honestly sometimes don't know that certain things are displeasing to Him. Just one example here. Consider how people talk to each other on television and through social media. It seems like the most snarky person wins. The the meanest, the one with a quick comeback, the sassy retort, the just general snarkiness. But that is not how God wants us to act. In contrast to TV and social media, here's what God's Word tells us. In Ephesians 4 it says, live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The message translation then of verse 29 of the same chapter says, Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. If we're experiencing trials, we can take time to do, and we should take time to do an inventory of our lives to see if we're living up to our calling as Christians and to make changes if we need to. Number three on our truth about trials is that trials aren't only about us. A really good verse on this is in second or section of verses is on Second Corinthians one three through five, and I really like how the message translation puts it, where it says, "All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times, and before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through a hard time, so we can be there for that person." just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times from, that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of His healing comfort. We get a full measure of that, too. Sometimes we go through something difficult so we can help someone later or understand better what others are going through. My sister and I were talking about this just recently. For the last few years, and without going into any detail, I had a number of uh, physical challenges where all of the time I either had to use a walker or I was in a wheelchair. 
and my little sister was just was recently in a really bad auto accident she's fine and she's healing but she also was not able to walk and either had to use a wheelchair or a walker and we were just talking about how what in many ways what a blessing has been for both of us because it, in the past we've been very healthy um, active runners and all sorts of things like that and to realize what it was like what it is like for many people today who are handicapped and who have a hard time and just realizing I know for me it was just this huge revelation that that little tiny curb was something I I absolutely could not navigate and so having gone through that I now have an understanding far better than I ever would have had if I hadn't had to go through those difficult times in addition to that in addition to understanding how can you be a witness in your trial what can other people learn from watching you and I know it's always a real joy to see someone go through a very difficult time and do it with a great attitude and praising the Lord and and being thankful and not in a Pollyanna-ish way but just just trusting the Lord how can you if you're going through it use this time to grow closer to Jesus or to learn something new in your spiritual life Trials number four on what trials teach us is that trials teach us the real source of hope. Hope. Real hope in a time where things will get better. Ultimate hope in true justice where all wrongs are righted, all good dreams come true, is only found in God and in His coming kingdom where all will be renewed, all will be made whole. Hope in anything less will always disappoint and is often a flat-out lie. You need to be really careful of human platitudes about hope and there are a lot of them around. They are blatantly false like this one. I looked up a bunch of them on the web and the first draft of this I had several of them but they were such baloney. I just uh, I'm just putting in one of them that said hoping she said is how the impossible can be possible after all. Marissa Meyer said that. That's absolute baloney. You can hope and hope and hope and hope and some things just are not going to happen. Our hoping is not just some magic thing that makes things happen. Trials show these human platitudes for the lie that they are. Real hope is only found in the Lord because hope like faith is only as good as its object. Hope and faith must have an object. We must have hope in something or someone. You can't tell yourself, have hope, have faith. It's always in what? <laughs> now this verse is a good example of what true, true um, hope is. In Isaiah 40:31, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Because God is the object of our hope. It is a hope that can give us strength. Once again, we won't know the Lord of hope if we don't get to know him in his word. And if you want to have hope in God as he truly is, once again, we need to get into his word. Number five, trials teach us the truth about thankfulness. 
in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is this verse that a lot of times I kind of wish wasn't there, but it is. It's in the Bible, and it's a command. It says, in, not for, everything give thanks. We cannot be thankful for really awful things and horrible things and dreadful things. No, God does not expect that. But we can give thanks again in that situation. Doing this is in denial. Many biblical writers screamed, cried, asked why, but they didn't stop there. This psalm is a good example where it says, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Hope, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You see, thankfulness is really powerful. The psalmist remembered to be thankful and praise God in the midst of it all. Again, you don't have to thank God for this situation, but you can be thankful to Him no matter what, because this present hardship is not all there is in this life now or forever. When you do that, thankfulness changes you. Wallowing in pity often makes it worse, and in addition to that, it makes it really hard to be around you. Uh, Sometimes when people just gripe and complain and moan and groan, you know, we might want to come alongside and help and all that, but, you know, the strongest people get really tired of somebody that is whining all the time. What you focus on can consume you, and it will consume you, either God or your circumstances. You can be a witness or you can be a whiner, but you can't be both. You choose what you want to be. Number six, trials teach us the truth about God. We're told that God is love, that he can be trusted, that all works together for our good. But this might be hard to believe now, because Satan will always lie about God. Have God said was the first lie in the Garden of Eden. Satan will malign the character of God in difficulties, questionable situations, temptations, and trials, but we must always go back to what the Bible says. We have the opportunity to affirm that God is love, grace, and truth, again, in the midst of trials. Sometimes we need to say out loud, and I've done this, sort of almost a discipline sometimes, even when some really hard stuff is going on. I say this because it's sort of like, I just want to say this as a witness before the hosts of heaven. I believe you are a good God. So the next question is how to learn what God is really like so we don't listen to these lies of Satan. We need to do this to sustain us in trials. One of the most this is one of the most important reasons to go through the Bible chronologically so that you can see how God has worked through all of human history. The big picture of God's plan through history will help assure you of God's love now. Seeing how he's been faithful in the past will help you trust that he will be faithful today to you. And then finally, trials teach us, number seven, trials teach us the truth about eternity.
Eternity is just one moment away. If the COVID virus has taught us anything, that's it. People are healthy one week and gone the next. But it doesn't take a pandemic to remind us of that reality. I came close to dying recently. Many of you know this who uh, follow on my website and things like that. I was in the hospital for a complex hip replacement surgery. It had all gone extremely well until one day in physical therapy, I collapsed. Something happened with my heart. I heard them call the crash team. I could feel them frantically working on me. I vaguely heard them from a seemingly long distance away. They brought me back but they told me I almost died, and even after a mass of tests and time in the coronary unit, they weren't sure why. But had that trial not happened, I wouldn't have had the experience of God's extraordinary peace and comfort, even though death was possible. The Bible can give us the true assurance that we don't have to fear death, because our Lord has gone there, and He came back. Even more wonderful, he's promised to be with us every step of our journey in this life and forever. Because eternity can break into our current reality at any time, we do well to live daily with eternity in mind. The Apostle Peter put it this way, Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements will melt down that day, but we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped with righteousness. So let's review the seven truths about trials. Number one, God is at work in the midst of trials. Number two, trials help us grow spiritually. Number three, trials aren't only about us. Number four, trials teach us the real source of hope. Number five, trials teach us the truth about thankfulness. Number six, trials teach us the truth about God. And number seven, trials teach us the truth about eternity. In conclusion, only God's Word can give us what we need to know the truth about trials. The obvious application is to get into God's Word so that you can be encouraged at peace and strong in the current trials and all of life. That's all for now. Please check out the notes from this lesson, related resources, and helpful links at www.bible805.com. If the podcast has been useful to you, consider supporting it through your donations and prayers. For links on how to do that, again, check out www.bible805.com. I'm Yvonne Prynne, your fellow pilgrim, writer, and teacher for Jesus, and I'd like to close with this benediction. May you know the invitation of God to move from confusion to clarity, from wandering to rest, from loneliness to knowing you are loved, from turmoil to peace, from wherever you are on your spiritual journey to a growing knowledge of God's Word and in your personal relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.